Atkinson keeps it alive well, finds a hole, that's it again, brilliant hands for Johnny Reid, and another 12 trees, big hole for Johnny Reid, attempts the offload but then decides better of it. I think for my first few years at school, I was in about that D, D's or C's, maybe a couple of times in the B's. And it wasn't really until um, I think it was uh, under 16 when I first got into the A's team and then made first um, in my last year. Hi guys, today I was joining the podcast by Jordy Reid. Jordy has just had an excellent season for Gloucester Rugby in the English Premiership. He started playing rugby in Australia where he signed for the Rebels and played there until he was released. We speak about how he went from not being able to make his school's first team till he was 16 to where he is now, how he dealt with injuries. We also go into lots of detail on his ball carrying off nine and off 10, so make sure you stick around for that. Enjoy. Jordy, what have you been up to recently? Uh, we just had our first week of preseason this week. Um, so we're back in uh, on Monday. Um, and just. Uh, Obviously, getting uh, to know the, a few of the new guys um, and uh, just running quite a bit of of sort of rugby-based training at the moment which for the first week, which has been um, pretty good. Just sort of a few little tweaks to our attack and, and stuff like that. So, um, been doing uh, quite a bit of detail on the field, which is which has been good. And then um, Tuesday, Arvo, and, and Friday, Arvo, uh, we had a... Uh, some pretty tough sessions just to, to blow the cobwebs out a bit and you know your typical sort of pre-season get some get some fitness um base um building so uh yeah been been a good first week and um yeah obviously a few more weeks to go so <laughs> yeah, yeah. see uh you don't you don't you don't do too much sort of straight line running anymore do you no nah, not really i think they they try to incorporate as much sort of rugby based um like rugby skills into uh the sort of fitness content that we do um i think just because i guess you can you can try with the gps and and the um snc's and, and the technology they got now they can they can track how how far you're going and your speeds and meters per minute and all that sort of stuff and and develop sort of like conditioning games um, around that, so you sort of hit your targets and or what they're trying to, what the the SNCs want you to achieve, um, as well as developing skills as well, as opposed to just up and down, um, up and down the field without a ball in hand, um, and you're not really getting better at, at at rugby, I guess, in that sense, you're just getting fitter. Yeah, it's a lot more enjoyable as well. Definitely more enjoyable, yeah. <laughs> and a bit more competitive, I guess, yeah. You're in like little teams and that, so it builds out a little bit of competition. And um, yeah, it's a bit bit more thinking on it as opposed to just that, that up and down, staring at the white line and, and listening to the whistle. Yeah. Do they give you an idea of what the whole preseason is going to look like or do they just tell you at the beginning of the week, um, like, right, boys, this is what we're doing this week? They're sort of giving us a, a bit of an overview for... Um, that we're going to be quite rugby focused in the pre this preseason and and try build on um, build on what we all the stuff we developed last year and implemented last year and, and just try um, 
and just try uh, be a bit more accurate and, and a bit more clinical and, and get those that sort of you know attack shape, attack defense, uh, defense shape, um, just sort of a bit more in place. And and so when we get into the season, it's a bit more nature. It's like you're finding it pretty competitive this preseason, like. Like does it still does it still feel like competing for spaces or is it quite like you know your place? Oh no, it's all. It, I think even you know every team is the same. No matter who you are, you're always always competing for for a jersey. Um, you're trying to try and develop your own skills and and develop the team skills as well along with that. And and everyone needs to prove himself. You never, no one's ever you know locked into a jersey. Um, I think. Um, you know, if you put a good preseason in and, and you put your best foot forward, then that's obviously you get yourself in the best best nick and your skills up to up to up to standard. Then you're going to put your best foot forward to then be playing in the team um, week in week out. So um, no, it's, it's definitely it's always competitive and and even in season as well, not just preseason. You know, everyone's if you're not in the team, you're trying to get in the team, and if if you're in the team, you're trying to keep your spot. So um, you know, there's always that sort of that pressure. Um, you know, if someone's trying to trying to get your jersey if you're in the team. Yep. What's the best preseason you've ever had? Best we've ever had, mate. To be fair, our last one I, I, with uh, Skids, it was his first one. That was that was probably the hardest one I'd done. That was a lot of. Um, he loves like the sleds and the the tackle. Like he he calls it a, a like a shed session because at King's Own they have. Um, one of the fan, uh, one of the stands, which all the the fans are in, is called the shed. So it's sort of, it's uh, sort of, yeah. I guess that's sort of the connection there. And um, yeah, it's just a tough session, and it was it was quite hot in the first couple of weeks of preseason last year as well. So I think that added a bit to it. Um, not like it was back home, whereas back when I was playing for Melbourne, because the seasons are so short. Um, our preseason used to be like twelve. 15 weeks long and you're sort of going through summer so you get like a few 40 degree days down there where where it's obviously pretty hot oh. but um but um no I'd say last year you know it was it was only six weeks or whatever the preseason was but man yeah it was tough and I reckon that got me into some of the best shape I was in yep why were you in good shape going into it uh yeah, yeah I think I was in good shape going into it but uh I think um, yeah, it was just a lot of the, a lot of the content he had, and and I think as a, as a squad, we, you know, a lot of the players try to push themselves and and get the most out of it, and you know, there's a lot of guys doing after the training and that. So, <laughs> um, I think, you know, we definitely definitely built a good foundation um, last preseason. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely. Um, it was definitely one of the toughest, if not the toughest. Yeah. The bit, the bit of time before preseason, do you feel like that's enough time? Like, if you want to maybe go on a holiday or something, like, is that do, is that actually possible nowadays? Uh, yeah, like plenty of guys get away in the off season. Um, I think, um, you know, as you. As you get older and you you sort of had a few off seasons and you sort of know 
what works, what you can do, what you can't do. So you sort of know, okay, if I if I can do, you know, good. Um, well, they always send an off-season program out as well, which you, you try and follow. Obviously, if you're away, it's a bit hard to get to the gym and that sometimes. But, you know, I sort of know now if I can get keep a good running base on me um, and then do a couple of gym or, or sort of body circuits here and there um, just so I don't get too um, too sore after the first week back in the gym. Uh, that sort of worked well for me this last sort of couple off-seasons. Just... Um, but I think it's it's horses for courses really get lots of guys that um, you know if they don't do gym they'll lose weight. Whereas if I'm I'm probably someone I don't really have to worry about losing weight. I'm I'm more go the other direction if I don't if I don't do stuff. So <laughs> so yeah, I'm a bit jealous of those guys. But um, but yeah, I think I think it's sort of different for everyone really. But um, you know, as you get older, you sort of know what works for you and and what as you come. You know, now I've come back in. I feel like I'm in. I'm in all right shape for the first week this week, and and most of the team is anyway. I think it's just part of being being professional rugby players. You got to, you know, your body's your trade, really. So you got to make sure you're in, you're in, you know, the right the right shape to perform. Um, otherwise, you're going to get found out, really. Yeah. Have you always found it that easy to form with? Uh yeah, probably a little too easy. To be fair. <laughs> um, but I, like I'm pretty, I'm all right now. I sort of sit around that between 108 and 110. If I can stay around 108, it, it's sort of um, probably my ideal sort of weight. I would say um, I'm not like a big gym junkie or anything. I don't, you know, I'm not not lifting heaps in the gym or you know, like real heavy or anything in the gym, um, like some of the big guys. But you know, I got my got my and you know strong enough base there, and um, I just try. You know, progress a bit if I can, and um, but yeah, if I, for me, I like being able to to run quite a bit and, and have that energy throughout the game, um, where I can be, you know, try to be just as explosive in the 60th minute as I am in the 10th minute, really. Yeah, were you like that when you're younger as well? Nah, no, nah, I was more of a porker when I was younger. I was, I was quite big, um, hmm. so I had to had to get. Um, Get the get the running side in and, and get the sort of lean up a little bit and then um, obviously doing a bit, bit obviously doing weights and that helps as well um, and then I think just I mean the program they that they do if you stick to it and, and you got your diet right then then you're gonna you're gonna be in the the, the shape you need to be in and, and the strength and the, the fitness that you need going into a season. When did you first get into rugby? Professionally, or um, uh, like, like, how old were you? I was uh, nine, so yeah, yeah, back here, back home, and I was. So my dad's a Kiwi, um, and my local rugby team um, when I was in Seaforth, uh, they our jerseys were all all black. So obviously, he was being an All Blacks fan. He thought that was pretty cool, and uh, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's when I first got into it, and then um, yeah, it just went from there. Yeah, did you always enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, always really enjoyed it. Used to play, you know, when you're younger, I used to play heaps. Used to sort of play uh, like school school footy on a Saturday, and then Sunday you play club rugby, and then Sunday afternoon I'd play um, like manly reps, and so you sort of got like three games in a weekend, and then. Sometimes you're playing like a little bit of league during the week for 
when I was at primary school. So, you know, when you're young, your body's pretty durable and you doesn't take as long to recover, really, or apparently, but uh, <laughs> evidently. But um, uh, yeah, I really like it and just, you know, I used to watch all the games and all the international games. And um, yeah, I think obviously just coming from my dad was always a big rugby fan, being a, being a Kiwi and his side of the family. And uh, a lot of my mates were as well. So um, it's just something that grown up loving and um, yeah, still still enjoy watching. Going to go, have missed the All Bucks this morning, but going to go watch the Wallabies and the Pommies with a couple of the boys uh, in a bit today. Our predictions? I think the Wallabies might do them, eh? Up in, up in Suncorp. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a bit overconfident from last week, but I think um, I think they might. I think they might get him. He's ready here first. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I'm not a good tip ass so though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I reckon what you said. I reckon it's so important when you're younger just to play loads of loads of games. Yeah, just get the ball in hand. Just, just get you know your enjoyment for the game. You build. I've got some. Friends I played with in my first season that I'm still really close with today, even though they're back home, um, they still catch up with and you get a great friendship friendship group. And I know I was quite lucky when I first started that, um, you know, the, when I was young, our, our young, uh, the coaches of my team at Seaforth were just getting us used to just passing the ball, just the basic skills and, and having fun while doing it. And I think it sort of developed your, your enjoyment for the game and, and, I guess it helped a lot of us sort of um, went on to sort of play first grade and that, and, and I think it helped develop those sort of early skills. And I guess if you develop skills early as well, it, it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah. What teams, what was your sort of progression of teams that you got picked for? Um, so I was in, so I was playing club when I was nine, and then um, I was in like what they, you have your sort of, your club in our district, there's about, in Manly, there's about four club teams, and then from that you'd make like a manly, a manly rep team, um, which would play against other sort of districts um, around Sydney. So I sort of played club, then went into that, and then um, when I hit high school, um, I, on my first year at high school, I think I was put in uh, like the E's or the F's or something, um, and so uh, I didn't. So I was playing for Manly at the time. And in my Manly team, we had um, like Michael Hooper, um, Ben Bolabola, who now plays for Fiji. Uh, like a few, a guy called Sam Lane, who's it was a good, he's played for the Queensland Reds. And his dad, Tim Lane, was doing a bit of coaching and he, he helped assistant coach the Wallabies as well. So when I was put in uh, the East for the school team, I was sort of, I ended up focusing a bit more on Manly because it was just a, a better standard at the time. And, um, so I think for my first few years at school, I was in about that D, D's or C's, maybe a couple of times in the B's. And it wasn't really until, um, I think it was uh, under 16s when I first got into the A's team and then made first, um, in my last year, but never went, never played the New South Wales or, or Australian school boys or anything like that. When, when did you first think you could do this professionally? was probably uh, when I was uh, probably about 20 when I sort of made a, a, junior, uh, a national academy I'd say 
Um, uh, and then that sort of gave me the belief, um, I think, that, you know, I was, I was probably good enough because um, there was a lot of, <laughs> like, a, it was a um, lot of sort of guys that weren't playing super young guys coming through that had played as school boys or were, were sort of um, big names, like the younger sort of 18, 19 um, age group. So sort of gave me the belief then, I guess, that, you know, I was in amongst um, that sort of crop of players. And I guess people would see me as I was, I was probably good enough to be, to potentially go on and play super rugby and, and stuff like that. And um, I guess that was, yeah, probably when I first sort of thought this is this could be um, a genuine option here. So was that straight after leaving school you uh, were in that academy? No, so we went, I went to school. Um, then I actually went, uh, I played for Manly. So Manly have like a, a, a senior grade team as well. So I went and played for Manly um, only for a couple of games. And then I, I went traveling for six months uh, around Europe, backpacking um, with two of, my, two of my best mates at the time. And then... Um, and then from there, the year after, I got picked into the, the National Academy. I think the six months in Europe kind of helped me bulk up a little bit. I came back a bit heavier than, uh, <laughs> than when I left. So it probably helped me put on my size a little bit there. I haven't seemed to have been able to lose it since. <laughs> they, they picked you from playing for Manly? Yeah, from playing for Manly. So they, they, uh, they picked. So originally, it used to be uh, each Super Rugby team had their own academy. So the Reds, the Waratahs, the Brumbies, the Rebels, and the Force. And I think they wanted to centralise it. So then they, they just picked all the players um, in Australia just to play uh, to, into this national academy. And then from there, if a super rugby team wanted you, say, the Reds, they could pick from any of the players in that academy. You wouldn't specifically just have your five academy players at the Reds or your five academy players at the Waratahs. That have a bigger crop that could go anywhere in amongst the teams if they needed it, yeah. Um, and yeah, that was that was just picked out of playing for Manly. How did training work then? If it's a national academy, um, like how many people would you train with? Um, I'm guessing you wouldn't all train together. Um, well, to be fair, it was like even though it was a national academy, um, you didn't get many guys from Melbourne or Perth because. I mean, they weren't really paying you much. So to move from Perth to Sydney and live um, was, was always going to be pretty tricky. So um, it was probably 30, 30, 30, 35 kids maybe, uh, maybe 30. I think Queensland might have had a base as well. So maybe it was about 30. So we sort of had two teams um, that you sort of train it, like that's how you could do your sort of field sessions. And a lot of it though was, was more um, just working on skills, getting your body up to up to scratch, um, getting like your base strength and your running, um, and just developing the skills because there wasn't actually any sort any games or anything we played. So it was just sort of getting that sort of group of guys that I thought could make it to the next level, just get them get them prepared if they were to get picked up by a super club, or help them get put their best foot forward to get picked up by a super club, I guess. Nice. What happened in the seasons following that? So then following that, I did one year playing. So I was playing for Manly whilst playing in the, whilst training in the academy. 
Then I made first grades when I was 20 um, for Manly, which is in what we call like shoot shield competition. Um, we that's um, probably where lots of or most of um, Australian Super Rugby sort of come through. Um, they got uh, about 16 teams or something in Sydney-based competition, um, and it's it's pretty high standard. So I ended up going through the Manly ranks and then playing first grade there when I was uh, 20, and then um, and then during that season, uh, I got a call from the Melbourne Rebels saying they were they were interested or uh, looking at me, and I was like, cool. I had a manager. Um, who just managed a few of the Manly players. He, he sort of told me that. And then um, he just said, mate, if you keep playing well, they, they, I think they'll offer you something. And then, yeah, just at, sort of towards the end of the season, Melbourne obviously obviously liked how I was playing and and, and offered me a, a deal to go down there for two years. And, and that's sort of how I, I made my way down to Melbourne. What was that like, signing your first like proper deal? I, it, was a bit, it was a bit surreal because... Uh, like when you're when you're playing in in the shoot shield, so when I was playing for Manly, yeah, all the all the clubs would release players to come back and play for their clubs at the end of the season as well. So I remember you'd, you'd sort of think, oh wow, like all the you know these guys from the Rebels, all these guys from the Tars, and I'd come back, you'd be training with them. Uh, you're like, oh, this is, this is unbelievable. Like I'd, I'd love to do that. So to actually be get the get the chance and and sort of. Um, you know, become one of those guys that you used to look up to was uh, was pretty cool and yeah, bit, bit of a pinch yourself sort of moment, I guess. How did you find it in training? Did you back yourself, like with all those big names? Um, I think at the first, at the start, um, I was probably a bit, bit sort of shy, a bit. Oh, I, I like you know, once you get on the field, you, you you're trying to. You're trying to impress, but I think um, you know definitely, definitely in the first early doors, you you try you want to sort of tread on any of the, the big dog's toes, or you know, um, yeah, you just sort of yeah. I was probably a little bit bit nervous at the start, not wanting to make mistakes and and all that sort of stuff. And then I think once once you sort of get to know everyone in the team, you feel, you know, like you're really part of the team and you're comfortable, then you sort of, um, that's when you sort of start. I guess I just had that bit more confidence and, you know, spent a couple, you know, after about a month when you sort of got to know the coaches and sort of, you know, had a first year, of it, a first month or so of experience and what it's like being professional, then I think that's sort of when um, I was probably a bit more confident and, and just sort of, you know, willing to make mistakes and and just know it's all in 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 um all just because I'm trying to get better really and and prove myself. Was it was it a big change in lifestyle? Uh yeah, it was really to be fair, because I was living at home in Sydney, then I moved down to Melbourne. It was the first time I um I lived out of home. So, so I was, you know, doing grocery shopping and which I'd not really done before and and cooking dinner, which, you know, I probably only knew how to cook good bolognese or something. So mum <laughs> um, actually, my mum made like a, a recipe book for me of stuff she she used to make for me. Uh, it was called Geordie's Favourite Recipes. And I like, <laughs> you know, different stuff. I have actually, I've still got it here in Cheltenham. And I, when I make a lasagna, I still use the the recipe from the recipe book that 
that I've kept it for the last eleven years. That's how you got so big. Some stuff off that. Hey, too many lasagnas. Yeah, yeah. There's a few healthy meals in there. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was it was definitely um, it was definitely and a new city as well. I, I'd I'd never lived out of Sydney. I'd never been to Melbourne before, so it was it was definitely definitely a big change. And but it was one that I think I quite enjoyed from the start. I was looking forward to um, living in a new city and um, and. and yeah, living out at home was, was quite exciting. I was only just turned 21, so um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Why did, why did you end up leaving? Leaving Melbourne? Yeah. I didn't get re-signed, basically. So um, in 20... My years still there. 20... 17, I ended up getting there. I hurt my back and got a, a stress fracture in my back. Um, and I became, I was off contract that season. Um, and then that was also the season where um, they were getting rid of a couple of super rugby teams. Um, and so I think they got, they got rid of the Sunwolves and the Force, I think it was. Or maybe they got rid of a, a South African team in the Force. Um, and, uh, so, um, we ended up signing the force coach in Melbourne and they brought a lot of the force guys over with them and, and, um, he just didn't want to, yeah, at the end of the season, I hadn't played all year, been out for about since April and it got to about December. Um, and, and they were just like, uh, you know, I was still injured at this time. It was probably going to take me another four or five months to get back. From my injury, and and they were uh, they sort of said, "Look, yeah, some other guys um, that he knew, which obviously was a bit tough to take." But um, they sort of, they said they'll keep me on down in Melbourne and, and do my rehab, and I just did some stuff around the club, like a bit of um, community engagement sort of stuff, working with schools and 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 different sort of um, club teams down there, um, and just sort of. Uh, kept my rehab going and, and so I could get back to, to playing if I was to eventually get an opportunity somewhere else, which unfortunately um, did come up at Ealing. And then from Ealing, did you go to Gloucester after that? Yeah, so Ealing for two years and then um, Gloucester after that, yeah. Mm. That was, was, there, was there any point where you thought about stopping? Yeah, when I injured myself, actually, um, uh, I think so. I had a manager at the time, so I'd, I'd been injured since I think it was April, um, and then it wasn't getting better. wasn't getting better. Uh, my back, and then uh, in like the September, his manager said, "Look, how far off do you think you are?" Because uh, I think it was Claremont and. Uh, I think Edinburgh, me at Glasgow, it was one of the Scottish teams. He said, Those guys, you know, they, they need someone now to go over there if you'd be ready in next, like soon. And I was like, Look, mate, I'm probably still going to be injured for another six months the way this is. Or I don't even know if, if I am going to be back. I was sort of looking at career ending stuff as well. Um, so I was sort of at that time, was thinking, Not sure whether I'd get back. I was sort of looking at, you know, the career ending stuff with the Players Association and if I if I wasn't to get back and then 
fortunately had some good results with some scans. Um, yeah, I, I packed up my car in Melbourne and, and drove home for Christmas and I, I didn't think I was going to be going back down to Melbourne because um, I didn't think I was going to be able to play again. But then, um, yeah, I had some good news and they said they'll help me with my rehab down there. So I think after like two days, I ended up driving back down to Melbourne and <laughs> and started with, got on with my rehab and, and just doing some stuff around the club down there. How did you how did you get through the rehab? Because it could be pretty lonely. Yeah, it was it was um it was it was because it was because I'd been out doing nothing so for about six months. It was such a slow process of just getting back into the running and because and of my lower back and the stress fracture as well, that I was just really, really careful with the steps they took. So um it was definitely a slow process and you know, I was just sort of doing it doing it by myself with one of the, the coaches in Melbourne because um, I wasn't really part of the team and um, I was sort of just working for the club at this stage and they'll help me with Maria. So, yeah, it was definitely, definitely, um, you know, not the most enjoyable time, but I did, you know, I just sort of had in my head that, you know, I wanted to get back to playing and I knew if I could get my body right and, and get my back right, then I could, if an opportunity came up, I wanted to be able to take it. So. Um, so that's that was sort of just what was driving me through that sort of that that time really. Yeah. So from Ealing to Gloucester, then why have you? Um, what do you think has helped you play so well recently? Um. Well, you know, I think I've still definitely got a lot to improve. I wouldn't say, I've, you know, been. Um, I think I've definitely played some of my best rugby, but I do still think I've got a lot, a lot to, to get better at. Um and just consistency wise uh, throughout the season. But I think um just our coaching staff like Skibbs, you know, George A coach, uh, Dom our, our defense coach, they're pretty clear with what what they want you to do in the game. They don't ask you to to do um, you know, they're not really asking you to do stuff that that you that you're not they're not asking too much of you. They know what my my skills are, what I'm good at, and they sort of they make go out there and, and do that um, every time. The rest of your game will come. But what you're really good at, just go out and be really good at that. Um, and they just give you a lot of confidence in in your ability, really. So um, I think I think the coaching staff have had a lot to do with that for me, and and just the way we're training and. And that the different stuff of training we're doing helped me develop my skills and defensively getting getting my tackling um, getting getting myself trying to tackle hard and defense and and my ball carrying better in attack. I think I think it's definitely been down a lot to the coaching staff that that have helped me with that. Yeah, what well, have always been your sort of super strengths? Uh, I'd say I was. Probably um, trying to put on a, a shot in defence was always something I quite enjoyed doing. Um, I feel like it was, uh, I think I like the way it can sort of change a bit of the momentum of the game or or spark your team a little bit, um, get the energy up if you're feeling it's a bit down or if you're feeling like the team's a bit flat. Um, so that's something I always try try and do. Obviously, it doesn't happen every game and, you know, every Every now and then you get bumped off. It's just sort of what rugby is. But I'll, I'll, you know, I don't know if there's many people that haven't been been bumped off. But 
I'll try, I'll try that. And then um, I think probably my my carrying in the last sort of year or two has been been improved as well. Um, I think that is sort of being a back rower and is, is something that I wanted to develop. And I think that's probably something I've been working hard on on trying to develop really. Yeah. What's improved your carrying so much? Uh, again, just our, our, our coaching at, at just giving us little points, just getting your depth right off. Depends who you're carrying off. You know, if you're carrying off the halfback, carrying off the 10, getting your, your depth and your width off, you know, off them so you're not getting too much ball in their time, but you're still getting enough time to <clears throat> to to not let the defence come up on you and you can do a bit of footwork. Um, and I think just just sort of seeing different different scenarios, um, whether you want to hit a hard line, if, if you've got the defence retreating, you know, if they're up on you, you want to get the ball early and have the opportunity to, to tip and and that way you're sort of going to try and manipulate the defence or you can play out the back. So I think just just reading the different scenarios in which you're carrying because you're, ne- you're never carrying into the, into the same sort of defensive line. You're either going to have a full line there, you're going to have a bit of holes to run into, you're going to have some support play that you might want to use. So I think it's just just developing my skills in that area um, and just sort of, in a sense, reading reading the pitches the defence has given you a bit better. Um, it sort of helped me take the better options that I have when I'm trying to carry, whether it's it's a one-on-one, use a bit of footwork, hit a hole. So I think that's that's probably what what's helped me a little bit. Yeah. When you're carrying off 10, like, what's your, what do you think, what's your thought process? So it's obviously going to be a bit of, you know, probably a bit of ball and air time. You've got nine to 10, then 10 is going to get it to you. I think you find you sometimes you, you tend to, you don't want to, but because you, you're feeling a bit more rushed because the defence is time to come up, you see people tend to flatten up a bit. I'll probably like to hold a bit, a bit deeper just so, um, you can time your run better onto the ball if you do want to hit a flat line, but then you've got the opportunity just to get the early shift and you can use a bit of footwork. And I feel if you're a little bit deeper, you can always come and flatten up with the with the attack if you need to. But if you're too flat, you can't go back and, and find your time and depth. So all the time, it's a little, probably a bit better to, to be a little bit deeper just so you have the option of both getting the ball early in your hands or flattening up if, if you want to do, if that's what the pitches are showing you or the, or the white half wants you to do. Yeah. What about off nine? Uh, off nine, similar. If you, if, if you got, so if you make like a bit of a, a line break down the side, you know, you've got the defence retreating a bit. You sort of say if you can see numbers on the defence back, so if they got their backs turned, that's when you can sort of try to pick a, a, a blind shoulder or a weak shoulder. Um, I think too you got to have good comms with your nine with how you want the ball there's no point just hitting a hole if he's if he's looking to pass early or if he's he's you're not going to scoot out for you pick a line to help you help you put you through the hole so of how you want it or you just say no look want it early give me the early ball for deck have a bit more time um, have a bit more depth so it's still, those micro columns help a lot as well as, um, uh, and then you can sort of, you know, you, you, it's hard to just do it by yourself or someone's going to be passing you the ball. So you need to be on the same page. Yeah. Uh, look, mate, thank you so much for coming on. That was really interesting.
No, no problems, mate. No problems at all.